G'day Teabaggers, it's Will here. Um, new episode with Charlie and I that we recorded last night. Uh, I'm just going to do a couple of quick plugs here on the top. First one, of course, is the LA Podcast live stream archive. Um, you've only got a week or so to get into that. So uh, if you want to watch all the shows from the festival over 50 hours of entertainment for just 20 bucks, if you use the code TOFOP, T-O-F-O-P, uh, when you're booking that, you still have a week to watch that. Watch the live TOFOP. Uh, it's fantastic. We will post it at some stage, but it's there's a lot of visual stuff, so it's worth seeing it live and seeing the mayhem take place. Uh, Charlie and I were also on Walking the Room. The dollop is on that. Um, WTF. There's so many good uh, podcasts on the podcast festival. Sorry, it's very early in the morning here. I'm doing this out the back of the house. Uh, the sun has just come out. have to take the dog to the vet uh, this morning, so... It's a bit nervous in my household because uh, a little operation has to take place. So we've all got our fingers crossed and that's a bit sad. But uh, yes, if you could check out the live stream from the LA Podcast Festival, that'd be really cool. And as well as that, um, my show Illuminati is still available on DVD. Uh, if you buy it on DVD, you get that uh, also that bonus gig, the improvised show, What You're Talking About, Will, from the Sydney Comedy Store. Or you can download it on the usual places you download it. If you're overseas... Um, it's still not available overseas at the moment, so you can either order it if you have a DVD player, or, as someone suggested to me the other day, they had done, uh, get your Aussie friend to send you an iTunes card. So if you just uh, get a little uh, iTunes gift card from Australian iTunes Store, you can log on to the Australian iTunes Store, you can download it uh, wherever you are in the world. I know that's a bit of a pain in the ass to go through, so, you know, if you can't be asked doing that and you just want to steal it if you're overseas do that too but i would like people to see that uh, my free will tour is over my fire at will tour my new tour uh, is already on sale at the adelaide fringe festival so if you want to go and see that there will be camera shows before that and then brisbane melbourne sydney and perth to follow afterwards for a fire at will but before that i've got to do a short run of my political will show which was just going to be a little bit of fun at the end of the year but then malcolm turnbull went and ruined it for me so <laughs> i've been working pretty hard on that uh it's the first two weekends of november at giant dwarf theater uh in newtown that's the chasers theater and uh it's pretty much all sold out both the saturdays are sold out uh one of the fridays is completely gone the other one's about to go uh, if you want to get in quick, you're going to have to get in for one of those Thursday or Sunday shows, but there's literally only like 200 tickets left. So if you want to come and see Political Will, uh, it is the only time I'll get to do the shows because of the nature of the shows. So if you want to come and see it, uh, Giant Dwarf, check that out as well. That'd be cool. All right. Now, nah, that's enough plugs up the top. Um, I have two other podcasts, of course. Uh, one's called Willosophy with Will Anderson. D. Madigan from Gruen is my latest guest. Uh, Mark Maron was the guest before that. Uh, Charlie's awesome podcast. Uh, that's awesome. You've got to absolutely check that out. It's fantastic. Uh, so many good episodes recently, and uh, it's definitely worth checking out. And of course, Fofop, uh, F-O-F-O-P. Um, it, which is the other podcast now. Tofop and Fofop are separate. Fofop, jeez, that's a mouthful. Fofop has its own iTunes feed. Uh, they're both still at OmniApp under the same link, but uh, if you listen on iTunes, go to the Fofop, uh, sign up to that. Uh, the recent episode with Gareth Reynolds' Baby Sniper is one of my favourite episodes ever. All right. I'm even better, at, even worse at talking this time of the morning, it turns out. Thought it might be good. I'm up. I'm fresh. This is the first conversation I've had with anybody. Turns out that I'm rambly when I awake as well. So anyway, here's the new episode. I hope you really enjoy it. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. The following episode of TOFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought and mild coarse language. 
TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. That's awesome. Is it a gritty reboot? We've been talking about Batman like usual. <laughs> World was what? It's free, you know. I travelled through time. Totally. Totally. Have sex with happy mates. Well, you're on a lazy Susan. It's a toe fault fact. The father of the barn and the holy toast. Fire up the fucking flux capacitor. Let's get guns. Now, this is toe fault. Everyone relax. This is toe fault. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello. Hello. I'm, uh, 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 this uh, is a weird one. This is a weird one for us tonight. Why? Well, because of our unholy alliance on our equal balance our yin and our yang our black and our white our jacob and our black mr black smoke monster lost style yes in that i am like in the usual state i am from my podcast oh, yes. and you this intruder this charlie i don't even seem uh, to know is in here as a different person as a different person well i can't say i'm not sure how this will go i can't say uh i can't say why i can reveal it later down the line. Oh, okay. People it's a secret know. at the moment. It's a secret at the moment. But you're working on a secret project. I'm working on a secret Let's project. Let's make it sound really good so they'll be disappointed when they find <laughs> out what it is. Uh, simple say, I'm on a health kick. But like a, not just a health kick, you're like on a... Proper training program. On a proper, like you're yeah. not having a beer tonight. I'm not having <laughs> You're not having a beer for uh, 12 weeks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny actually. It's such a... Uh, it's a real insight into Australia because I've just been over in Perth doing the telethon. And telethon's a 24-hour event and so they have a green room. And generally, when you're not on stage, you're having something to eat or drinking a beer or whatever. It's the way you get through the thing. Right. But also, it's part of the agreement. Like, you get these people to come yeah. over and raise money for free yeah. and you provide them a good time. Yeah. You look after them and exactly. then everybody's happy to be there. And it's a lot of fun. And uh, I started this... Uh, so, basically, I'm, I'm doing a combination of diet and exercise. So, basically... Um, that That's your combo. Yeah. Working out for, for, from all I've seen from the Biggest Loser ads, <laughs> diet, exercise, and angry people yelling at you. Yeah, well, at the moment it's just it's just me yelling at myself. Oh, you know what? That's not true. I keep putting it down like it's some horrendous ordeal. It's not. All it is. You've chosen it. I've chosen it, and it's, the reason I it's chose not against your will. The reason I chose it is because uh, Gemma's away. It's getting toward. I have nothing really big between now and December. I was like, you know, it's a little project, and I've never challenged myself like physically to do something like this ever. So I thought, this is great. Uh, as it turns out, Gemma's coming home in about two weeks. Right. And I, because th- this is, like, I'll tell you, this is what I do is I, I have to make and prepare all my food five meals a day because I have, it's very controlled. I've got to weigh each amount of food. You've got to have five meals a day. Five meals a day because basically I, uh, I'm not a big person. Well, I don't have your frame. And uh-huh. so in order for me to put on muscle, I have to eat a lot of animals. <laughs> Right. They, they must die so I can grow. Right. I think that, that's... So basically you're on a 12-week animal slaughter. Yeah. I've been going around to farms. It's saying, like Thanksgiving every day for three months. And whenever I see a chicken, I say, chickens, you have to give that I may grow. Right. I, I, yeah, I'm on a project for no particularly, like, world-making better reason. No. But chickens must die. Chickens must die. Uh, so... It's a painstaking... There's no way you can do something like this without becoming self-obsessed. Like, I imagine if you're like The Rock or Ryan Reynolds or, you know, Brad Pitt or any of these guys who get into shape for a film, (laughs) then you have, like, a chef who prepares all your meals and a dietitian, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. When you're doing it on my budget level, you do it all yourself. So, basically, 
the easiest way to do it is I go shopping every three days and buy everything I need for the next three days and I will cook three days worth of food. So it's basically... I'll Hang you, on. I'll explain what my, my, my daily intake is. Yeah, okay, explain. So breakfast I have six egg whites, two whole eggs. Shut up. <laughs> with 100 grams of rice plates and some blueberries. No, shut up. Yeah. Tell me... So often you get up early to go to work. Like, yeah. okay, so what time in the morning are you eating First this rubbish? First thing I have rubbish? to do in the morning is I have to get up and drink a litre of water. You do not. And so I A whole litre? And then I'd have to do... <laughs> do you not just then piss all day? Yeah, oh, it's shocking. I'm like an old man. It's like it's like I'm incontinent now. Oh my God. So I wake up... At, this doesn't feel worth it. I wake, up at six, <laughs> I wake up at six in the morning. I, I wake up... No, I wake up before I have to... Like an hour before yeah. I have to go to work, an hour and a half, depending on when that is. And I drink a litre of water and then I have to do 30 minutes of cardio, which is just a quick walk, but generally on an incline. So there's a park near me that has hills, so I go walk the dog for 30 minutes. Do you manage to not pee on that walk? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good start. Don't want to break the seal too early. No, exactly. Then I come home and I uh, make up my, I guess it's like an egg pancake, essentially. That's what it ends up looking like. Right. Not really. No. Well, no, it does. It looks like it. Yeah. Tastes nothing like it. Tastes nothing like it. Tastes (laughs) Tastes like you've taken the worst bit of six eggs and combined them. (laughs) Tastes like nothing at all. No, the blueberries actually make it okay. That's actually my favorite meal of the day. Right. But it is really like you've taken, like, out of wham. You've taken Andrew Ridgely. Yes. You're like, you know what? I don't need George Michael. Yeah. I've got six no. Andrew Ridgely's. It was a bit like, East, it was a bit like <laughs> remember when East 17, they had the one guy who rapped and he wrote all the songs, but then he left and the, the two backup dancers and the other guy tried to kind of keep it going. It's like, yeah. well, you, no, took like, the, you took the one interesting bit out of your band. They said to each other, all right, all right, yeah. everything's going to be... That Was that A7? Yeah. I, I, I had a yeah, guy that that's one. A7. <laughs> yeah, good. Oh, here's an easy one. It's the in excess of meals. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you've taken away the most important element, the yes. thing that people were there for. Yeah, exactly. Dave Anthony was telling me that in America, like I always... <laughs> When you go out for scrambled eggs in America and you don't order, particularly in LA, if you don't order um, like egg whites, you know, like, you know, some people order egg whites, but I don't. I order the ones that have the yolks yeah, in them because the yolk that. is the most delicious, but you're getting extra yolks in yeah. those ones because what they do, because everyone's ordering oh, their egg whites, is they're putting more yolks well, in the Well, that's what you asked for though. That's what you asked for. It's extra That's like paying though. a prostitute for a blowjob and she sticks a finger up your bum. Like, sure, I understand that some people would be okay with that. Right. But if you didn't order it, First up, it could come as a bit of a shock. That's just thrown in as an extra. <laughs> yeah. Never had know. a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> I know people who actually have told me they prefer egg whites. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't no, believe They're liars. It. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, don't... I mean, people tell themselves a series of lies every okay, day to right, get through Here's the, the thing, though. I'm not yolk-free. No. Uh, oh, okay. I'm not yoko. <laughs> I have two whole eggs and six egg whites. So there's a bit of yellow in there. They, I, you should open an egg, egg uh, white restaurant called Yoko Oh No. I thought it was worth going back for. Well, maybe it's <laughs> Yoko maybe Oh No. Instead of a, 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 it's yolk, but the, instead of an O, the last O is a zero. So it's yolk. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Yolk zero. Um, uh, <laughs> so then, uh, so six egg whites, and then what's this other rubbish you're eating with? So it? rice flakes, which are just like rice bubbles, but if rice bubbles were corn flakes, so right? Just rice flakes. Okay, that's cut. That's your carbs. Uh, no milk though. No, no, you're having them together. You mix the rice flakes. No, in with the no, you're not. Yeah, you do. No, you're not. You do. Why would you do and that? And then you top it with blueberries. Oh, that seems awful. It's uh, and cinnamon. That's what the fuck. <laughs> 
None of those things go together. No, they do. I thought that at first as well. When like, when my trainer first sent me the menu, I was like, the menu, the, the, uh, the diet. Yeah. Uh, I said the same thing. This is like, the menu. Uh, like, that'd be great if you went to a restaurant. Like, this is the menu. Here's the three things you're eating. Uh, you also have to go for a 45 minute walk. Yeah. <laughs> I, if I had to, sh- if you I, don't get your entree until you've sh- drunk a liter and a half of water. If I had to show you the diet plan, it almost looks like a periodic table because it's each thing I get to eat, but then broken down into the percentage of what that thing has. So protein, you know, sure. blah 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 blah. Uh, so when I read that first thing and it was egg whites, rice flakes and blueberries, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. And so I said to her, well, what milk do I have? Almond or soy? And she's like, no, no, no milk. You just mix. And I'm like, I had the same reaction you had. Yeah. But it's not as bad as you think. It's no, not, I reckon it's not it as is. Good. I reckon it's exactly as bad as I think. <laughs> Terrible. The blueberries. Are you ever tempted to just eat them all separately? I, I, I think the three of those things on their own would be better no, than the three of them combined. No, because when you cook it, when you finally mix it all together it has a consistency of like clunky oatmeal yeah who wants that oh, that's what I normally eat oh, you eat porridge no oh. I'm a man what men eat porridge in prison <laughs> <laughs> like like porridge serious? is delicious what do you oh, have for breakfast shut up what, are you serious yeah I love porridge alright what do you have for breakfast toast veggie bite and toast yeah but you can have both at a cafe with a latte. <laughs> so three hours after my breakfast, I have to have my morning meal. Yeah, okay. Which is uh, chicken, broccoli, and lentils with some olive oil. Hang on. All right. Chicken, broccoli, and lentils. Lentils, yeah. Okay. And so they're all cooked and then cold, or are you eating them hot together? How does that uh, work? So, because I'm pre-making them, the the breakfast I cook fresh every morning. Yep. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you don't yeah. want to have it pre-packed. No, no, no. That would spoil the delicious flavor <laughs> of those four ingredients that should never go together. It's like you're eating the mystery box from MasterChef every week instead of combining it. You're just like, oh, we'll just eat all those things together. It's it, it actually... I mean, you're not... Your taste goes away. Things. Here's the thing I know about being on a diet. I've done fitness things before. I've now given up on them forever. <laughs> uh, there, there are four times this week I've had a beer before midday. Excellent. I love oh, not owning. Like it's part of. Someone said, "If you were going to replace your car, it's been over three years." No, because here's what I love drinking during the day. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I'm not on this diet. <laughs> I had Vegemite and toast a lot last week. Oh, yeah. um, but I, I do understand that when you are on a diet, after a while, you do get used to the idea no, of like, and then things No, I'm honestly telling you, it's only been a week. Delicious. And I'm honestly telling you. Yeah, because you're not eating anything else delicious but that it compares to. within like days of trying to start this breakfast. The first one I was like, Ugh. Yeah, but it's like, it's like, like if you're a single person, right? Yeah. Like you go to some place, like we used to both live at Bondo Beach and we used to go for jogs and we used to remark to each other that it was crazy that like it was like why would they even bother opening a strip club in Sydney you can <laughs> go to Bondo Beach, Beach yeah, yeah. and see like the, the mo- hottest women the, more attractive women than you see like in movies and stuff yeah. just at the beach yeah. just hanging out there sometimes half naked where we lived yeah. right but you go to some other place where the women don't look like that or it's not hot and they're in the bikinis all the time yeah. after a while you'll be like oh you know what there's Plenty of like hot women here or hot men or whatever the yeah, example yeah. may be. Yeah. And it's the same with this. You don't have anything else in your diet at the moment yeah. to compare them to. Uh, yeah, okay. But so yeah, like you know even more than that, it is the best of all the things I eat. Okay. When, well, I, there you when go. I describe everything right. else, you'll be like, Oh yeah, that would be you. So, yeah, so this is what you're saying. Morning. This yeah. is like your yeah, this is what I look best for. of a bad bunch. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's mainly to do with the blueberries, because they're okay. sweet. Yeah, okay. And they taste delicious. But you can't have too many of those. <laughs> 
how many blueberries are you allowed? 80 grams of blueberries. How many, what's that, like a handful of blueberries? Yeah, a good handful, a good handful. But uh, Stewie Lowe? (laughs) I'd be bringing in Stewie Lowe. If I was doing this diet, I'd be like, oh, I can have as many, a handful of eggs. (laughs) Oh, well, that's 18 eggs, Stewie Lowe. (laughs) They don't measure by handfuls, unfortunately. It's by weight, which is the other weird thing too, because I had to go- Do they adjust for your tiny hands? (laughs) I had to go buy a food scale. Do you, do you have one of those? Uh, well, I have previously had one, but yeah, I, don't even, had one. I don't even have a human scale anymore. I yeah, gave right. up on that too. Well, I had to buy one of those as well because yeah. I got to weigh myself in the mornings yeah. and send it to her so she can track my... I'm in a whole new world where none of this is in my world anymore. Mm. And I'm happier, but I'm not, I don't look as good. Yeah. So I understand there's a compromise, but I am happier. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the food scale is like... I, I fucked up apparently in the first few oh, days because... So she sends you... Everything, you know, the the weight of stuff you meant to have. But I couldn't understand why because she'd say, you know, 150 grams of chicken uncooked. And I didn't know what that meant. I thought, that's a weird. Why would I eat, you know, like raw? Uh, why would I eat raw chicken? She must have meant cooked or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. But I then, mean, this is a great way to lose weight. Yeah. Day one. Salmonella. Uncooked chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Day two. Lick toilet? Yeah. Is this really a program? Yeah. But I do look ripped. <laughs> Day four. Go to Bali. Drink water and shower. <laughs> Day six, make out with Colin Farrell. <laughs> Day seven through nine, quick tour of Africa. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, I when you cook stuff, and like I don't know fucking shit about shit. It, I would say just say just say I had to cook, um, you know, a kilo of chicken for my next three days. Yeah, I would weigh out a kilo of raw, and then I'd cook it and. After I'd cooked it, I was like, oh, shit, there's only uh, 800 grams of I chicken. And I, I'd somehow think I'd fucked up because no. I don't trust myself. It's the, you weigh it uncooked. Well, yeah, weigh it uncooked and that's how much And then whatever it, it is, when it, once it's cooked. You divide it up into yeah. three parts. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, but I didn't realize that. So I, I was eating too much stuff in the first few days, which was fine. It doesn't affect me anyway. It just means more chickens have to die. <laughs> just going to tip one out for my dead homie chickens. <laughs> Uh, By the way, I understand, I've spoken about this a bit recently, but I also understand the hypocrisy of being a vegetarian and I can't mock anybody else because I just got a new dog and yeah, dogs eat, eat meat like, and way more meat than like I've been to the chicken shop like five times this week. Yeah. Do you, do you follow Joe Rogan at all on Twitter or? Oh yeah. I mean, in and out. So, you, you know, he's become a hunter in the last couple of years. Yeah. Like he's become a bow hunter. And I heard him talk about it because he's cop because he loved um, Avengers Rambo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, loved the loved the Hunger Games. He's been real big Katniss fan. <laughs> he's been copying a lot of shit from people because you know he posed. He's been on the cover of a hunting magazine. Yeah, posed with kills and stuff. I mean, he's a controversial cat. Like, yeah. there's a lot of his opinions on shit that I don't agree with, but mm. I do like that he has the force Those of opinions. like any like. Here's the thing about Joe Rogan, which people I think underestimate. Whether you like him or not, or whether you think he's full of shit or not, yeah, he goes away and he like looks up something and he dedicates yeah. himself something and he like lives some sort of lives and stuff. And, and I I I like that in a person. Well, and he also like he doesn't claim to be an expert. No, in fact, he often feels like he's a guy who's always looking for yeah. He's like, I'm on this journey and I want to work out what... I mean, it's surprising that the guy who was the host of fucking Fear Factor yeah. turns out to be such a fucking philosopher yeah, and like a really, really... Yeah. 
Well, so he wrote this and, um, and complex. Yeah, like the you know with, with his obsessions with like psychedelic drugs and knowing about yeah. the nature of the universe, but also he's like his obsession with like alternative well, theories of fitness if you, and if you heard him, stuff. if you heard his interview on Marin, and he also uh, did something with Andy Dick. And- oh, and also a lot of people tweet and say, "Hey, Joe, you should get Will on your podcast." Heaps of people, I appreciate oh, that really? all the time. Yeah, I have never heard anything from him or his people, but <laughs> but I whenever whenever I see someone do. That, that i'm like hey it's always like hey joe rogan when are you sitting well, down with will okay. and i always feel like yeah, yeah. thanks oh, guys I see it. like you, I'd I'd love you to. guys definitely have enough stuff in common and this whole thing would be a great conversation between you guys because his stance on it was and i heard him talk about it about a year ago was that he got sick of factory farming and he would go to the supermarket and you know buy meat like everyone else and he said he got to a crossroads he's like well I'm either going to take responsibility for what I consume or I'm going to become a vegetarian. Right. And I'm not going to become a vegetarian. I like meat too much. So he decided he would learn how to hunt wild game, which he would then be able to like, you know, uh, he would go, I think he eats deer or elk or something like that. Sure. And then he comes back, puts it in the freezer and that's like six months worth of food. I mean, he weighs it uncooked. <laughs> that's the important thing to remember. Yeah. But I totally understand that philosophy. That to yeah, me sure. makes sense. I mean, I've spoken about this before, so I won't bang on about it, but uh, Eating Animals by Jonathan Safran Foyer is my, uh, like one of my favorite books on this topic. And he didn't start as a vegetarian. And his big argument is that if we just naturally raise things like, and we price them at a point where... Now, there's a bunch of other arguments that come into, like, you know, sustainability, and that's a very first-class thing to be able to say. And, like, you know, cheap meat feeds the world and all those sort of things. I understand that. But it's... It's about sustainability. Like if, if everyone just went out and hunted their own things or farmed them mm. and raised them and then killed them humanely yeah. after they lived a humane life, well, then I, I can't... We have a huge problem at the moment with food wastage. We produce more than can be consumed. Well, in America, they produce enough food to feed everyone. Yeah, right. That's the simplest fact. That's the easiest way to say it. They the entire produce, world. Well, no, in America, they have enough food in America every year that every American... I could stay fed. Can stay fed. Much yeah. more than they need. Yeah. Every year. Stay Fed, who's uh, the brother of K-Fed. Right, yeah. Stay Fed. The really successful one. Yeah. Actually been working a lot in uh, trying to solve hunger and poverty. Well, I think K-Fed often looked like he had Stay Fed. Right. <laughs> well, ironically, Stay Fed in amazing shape. Yeah. Big, big devotee of Joe Rogan. Yeah. Weighs all his food, doing yeah. a lot of cryogenic freezing, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Does mushrooms, but only to expand his mind, not in a party way. Yeah. But yeah, that, 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 I mean, that whole food issue at the moment is, I think, fairly massive because I think that's the, that has been the push towards organic and farmers markets and stuff is I think people are becoming more aware. There seems to be a bounce back against kind of fast food and processed food. Like, I think they'll always be there, be there. It's not like they'll disappear. But I think there has been kind of more of a, an awareness towards ethical eating, like people who aren't going to become vegetarians trying to at least you know buy from like our friends of ours i know that they buy their meat from a farm like they'll go and have that animal you know select and butcher that animal and that will again feed them for a few months which i you know it's amazing i i am not that kind of i'm way too lazy to well do and this is why the broader conversation has to be had because i think that most people would like it to be humane. Mm. I don't think there's anyone out there who is like, the reason I love burgers is I don't even really like the taste. I just fucking hate cows. 
<laughs> I fucking hate him. And I'm stopping at every drive through on the way home because a, a cow killed my parents. <laughs> I was going to become yeah. cow man. Yeah. I dedicated my life to that, but I'm not very good at martial arts yeah. and I didn't have a butler or a budget. A bunch of cows ran over my wife and my child <laughs> and now I'm on a never-ending quest for vengeance in my V8. <laughs> Sad Max. <laughs> Just driving through the apocalypse, stopping at every takeaway. Eating burger. Sad Max. Really fat. Like barely fits in his leather jacket. Just bulging <laughs> out of his jacket. You know that leg brace he has? It's not like a leg brace for the gunshot wound. It's just to keep his fat fucking legs upright. He probably doesn't really drive a V8. It's a fucking one of those, one of those little scooters called the Wicked. What are they called? Oh, he's on a, like an electric rascal. scooter. The Rascal. Is yeah. that what they call? <laughs> I think they call Rascals. Sad and, Max. And it's not Furiosa. He's on the road with Grimace. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There must be some teabagger out there who's an artist. If you could just draw up a picture of Sad Max and Grimace. Grimiosa. Grimiosa. <laughs> Uh, It's interesting you were talking about the ethical eating because uh, before you arrived, as we were eating, we were having one of those days that was the opposite of your days. Um, We had uh, hot dogs, Mm. not dogs, vegetarian hot dogs. Oh, not not the host of... uh... (laughs) Not dogs. (laughs) No, no. Uh, Oh, hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah, up late with hot dogs. And uh, on, on the other channel, you could see up late with... Up late with not dogs. It was the vegetarian <laughs> yeah. version. It was much less hammy. <laughs> <laughs> Got a blowjob in a Cairns alleyway with two vegetarian dicks. <laughs> two bits of celery. Don't know. Running this joke. That's a deep game. hot dogs cut. Um, so, uh, not yet. Yeah, so, we had Dan and Mac Cheese for lunch while we watched some Mac terrible cheese. television. But ironically, we ended up watching this Jamie Oliver, one of those Jamie Oliver series where he goes to America and yeah. tries to tell them Educate how terrible them. their food is. Yeah. And people were just like, you know what? Like, he was basically saying, you know, for a dollar fifty you can get this burger, but if you paid like three dollars twenty, you get this one that is ethically farmed from this cow. And and people were tasting, and going, oh, this is delicious. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, well, this one's a dollar fifty, and this one's three dollars twenty. Which one would you buy? And he's thinking he's making his big point, and they're all like, dollar fifty, dollar fifty. Like dollar fifty. I get two. I get two for that. Price. Yeah, the dollar fifty is fine. I buy two dollar fifties. <laughs> it's yeah, it's fucking hard. I mean, I when I. I buy uh, like free range. I try to buy ethically farmed meat and stuff like that. But that's only because I can afford it. Right. You know what I mean? If I had kids, I mean, growing up, there's no fucking way my parents, when, you know, they were shopping for their nine kids, were, you know, thinking about the animals. They were sad max. They were like, fuck the animals. We have to buy meatloaf. That was a regular, just a lump of meat. And and what they meant was meatloaf tickets. (laughs) Big fans. About out of hell. (laughs) They were like, fuck these kids. The life's coming to town. How many food-related celebrities can we cram into this episode? <laughs> Hot dogs, meatloaf. Uh, That's a good point, actually. No, uh, oh, I can't think of Annabelle Crab. <laughs> uh, lentil is anything. <laughs> uh, so meal. Then okay, so that's my first two meals. Okay, so you, uh, broccoli. What's the hang on? So broccoli, broccoli lentils, and lentils chicken. and chicken. Yeah. Mm. So it's like a stir fry. Okay. Now, are you drinking protein shakes or anything as well? Uh, I'm not yet. I'm not. I, I, I'm. I'm not a huge fan of. Okay. How are you? How are your guts? Good. Because like broccoli and lentils seems like that might be. No, it's just normal. I haven't noticed. I thought there'd be more of a change. Okay. But Interesting. Um, 
so then midday is when I'm meant to work out, but you can work out any time, then you just sort of shift your meals around. Sure. But if we're going following the plan, so the midday I'll do like an hour weights, uh, and then protein shake. Like you're meant to have some pre-thing, like you can have coffee essentially, just to make you sort of burn more as you okay. work out. Then afterwards you have protein shake with a banana and, and some oats. Um, which is oh, actually that's probably the best meal of the day because it's really sweet. <laughs> you can have like a protein shake or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. And then two p.m. I have my third meal, which is chicken, carrot, and rice, which is not bad as well because the rice is kind of the carrot's kind of sweet. <laughs> Did you have chicken already today though? Once, yeah, and I'm about to have it in the third oh, time. Oh god! And then five p.m. I have a chicken salad. Like this is my big meal, uh-huh. and it's so spinach leaves, capsicum, walnuts, chicken, and beetroot. Which is actually, it's not too bad. It's just so much of it. Yeah. I find it really hard to eat. By that stage, it's no longer food. It's like my it's like my entire body is a steam engine and my mouth is where you stuff the coal. Because you're just shoveling it in, burning it up, and then like, there's no enjoyment. There's nothing- I never want to think about food like that again. <laughs> I know. Like, well, I was traveling with um, Ada from Home and Away and she is a big foodie. And she, like, it was upsetting her <laughs> to watch me eat. Like, she just really found it, like, just, it's one of her great pleasures. I mean, she's Greek, you know, they, they love their food. Or Cypriot, I should say, she gets very touchy about that. Oh, she claims Cypriot status sometimes and Greek status when it suits her. It's a bit like the Russell Crowe's Australian, Russell Crowe's a Kiwi kind of thing. Right. Um, so, she, she can't watch me. Well, she was just saying, you're going to be a pain in the ass to work with for the next eight weeks, aren't you? And I said, yes. Because I have to take my food with me. I just did telethon for two days. So I pre-made five meals, uh, 10 meals and took them to telethon with me and carried them around a little bag and ate oh. on the dot. Cause you've got oh. to fire your metabolism up every three hours. Oh, shut up. High maintenance, right? Oh my God. High maintenance. That just would make everyone hate you. So I'm saying about Gemma is probably going to break up with me. Like <laughs> she has to live with me doing this. I only said yes. Because she thought, wasn't going to be there. Wasn't going to be there. And it was, it's the most self-indulgent exercise in the world because it's I mean because yeah it's I mean you're doing it for literally. a reason but it's literally about like you're you are indulging in yourself well it's exactly well you're not yeah you're indulging in yourself you're not indulging at the expense of yourself which yes. is normal indulgence yeah yeah right yeah. well it's, it's self-centeredness I mean it's just basically about like you can't you cannot really you everything has to work around the schedule I have now like you know I kind of my I have to this I have to insert these Every meals every three hours into my day, no matter what. Oh no, your whole life. It's like well, it's when Hugh Jackman talks about getting in Wolverine shape. Like his schedule's all about. It's basically just for like months. It's all about just getting in shape, and that's what your whole life is. Mm. That's what your life is dedicated to. Well, your you, your job. You interview Chris Hemsworth where he talked about right eating. He had to eat every three hours, but even while he was sleeping. Yes. Did you tell me that? Yeah. He would have to wake up. That's horrendous. To eat. That's so that's. I've done that. Really? But it's mostly at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah. to have ice cream. <laughs> For a second there, I, I saw you in a whole new light. I was like, wow, Will was, must have been in really great shape on stage. <laughs> no. Uh, no, that would suck. I mean, I'm finding five times a day while awake to be hard. Do you then have to wake yourself up, like, twice? If it's every three hours, I'm assuming twice. I mean, I think a diet is just, it's a full-time job. Mm. If you're on a diet, you shouldn't have to do anything else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it should be one of those things you just take some time off to be on a diet because- yeah. 
All the other shit gets in the way. Yeah. Like, I find I put on heaps of weight since I got back, but because I'm doing gruen and I'm in meetings all the time and I'm working so hard and often I'm up early and then up late at the same end of the day, you're just drinking coffee and eating snacks and just yeah. trying to get through. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, that's what ju- I just what well, I got to do. That's the one thing. But- the one thing I have noticed in the last seven days is because I'm not having, like, sugar, is that I can sleep better. Like, I'm naturally, my body seems to be, I think... I take little sugar hits during the day because I don't really drink coffee or anything. Uh-huh. And that kind of, you know, gives me my little buzz or whatever I need to get going. But not having alcohol and not having sugar, I'm finding that I get like pretty tired, plus all the exercise and stuff, around about like, you know, 9 p.m. and then have a fairly decent sleep. Whereas I'm a fairly light sleeper before this. I'd be fairly, you know, light sleeper, wake up a lot, you know, takes a while to go to sleep and stuff. Whereas now I'm kind of, so that's, healthy like that's a that's a benefit of this is i'm actually sleeping properly but, but also essentially you're the equivalent of how somebody would try to get their baby to sleep properly you're essentially getting fed what a baby gets fed yeah right. mashed up nutrients yes. together <laughs> with no like thought of flavor yeah like it's literally just mush you might as well being spoon-fed fucking mush Robocop. five times a day right because that's yeah. what you're doing that's true and yeah. then your parents are trying to exhaust you as much as possible so you sleep through the night sleep, you fuck that's yeah right. My God, you're a giant baby. <laughs> right. You're exactly. You are the giant baby. It's not, it's not, it's not self-indulgent. It's just, you become a giant baby. Right. <laughs> because, yeah, that's, that's, fuck, that's a really good metaphor. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's my, yeah, my afternoon stack. Chicken salad is my, so that's my dinner. And then I'm meant to have uh, a, a final meal at 8 PM, okay. which is just um, like a small white potato, like just mashed up, not with milk or cream or anything. <laughs> God. And then some. I so have, just the. A, a potato. A potato with... You just get a potato. Yeah. Like really. you're in Russia or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's fairly racist, but yeah. I don't know if you can be racist to Russians. There's a few left. There's a few left. There's not many left. Oh, I think Russians. can be racist about I think still Russians. Well, we can... Cold War and all that. I mean, in the same way as you can still burn Hitler, you can burn Russia still. And they're back a bit, Russia, too. The shit little planes out of the I air think, and I, shit. I, but I think there's some people... I reckon on, there's some I shit there's going some on in Russia, Russia. Who I, I don't, aren't having a very good time at the moment. I mean, this is not a burn on all Russians. It's a burn about the system. Yeah. Right? But the potato system. <laughs> well, the fact that people were in a position where all they could afford to eat was a potato. Yeah. Which then they made into excellent vodkas. So, I mean, that's... that's well, you know what? I'm like my mother's side's Irish. It makes sense. Right. <laughs> that I eat just one potato. Just, and you just have a little moment where you're like, remember <laughs> yeah. the family. That's right. Remember pour, the troubles. Pour one out for the McSweeney's. <laughs> yeah, we, you eat one mashed potato and just think of the troubles. Um, the potato I eat with kangaroo. I have some, uh, some oh, lean mix. Oh, look at so. that. Kangaroo's taste. Combining Have you ever eaten kangaroo before you... Kangaroo and potato. Did you ever eat kangaroo before you went... Uh, yeah, I tried yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, it's quite sweet. Yeah. It's nice. I like kangaroo. Yeah, I tried. Um, I tried pretty much everything. Well, I, I, I can't remember. You know, I watch a lot of cooking shows and stuff, and it's rare that something comes up on the show where I was yeah, like, I, tried. I didn't get a, a chance to try. It's a good that. way to do it. You're like the fucking like, uh, you're like Colin Farrell or like some star who's fucked like all the beautiful women in the world, and right. it's like, you know what? I'm just comfortable now. I don't. I don't. There's nothing in, interests me about like just random sex with anyone. I'm just gonna go vegetarian. Right. <laughs> Right, yeah. I put my dick in it. Are we still talking about food? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and so that's my that's my day. So that's my day. So uh, basically, and the and the, the actual weight training is quite hard because 
I'm not. I'm not like I said. I'm not a big guy, so I'm not super strong. But uh-huh. that's what she wants to build is my strength, right? Because that's because you're going for a like a muscly look. Yeah, well, not not muscly, Cut. just athletic, right? Athletic look. Uh, so um, yeah, because I, I actually don't want that weird, roided out, unnatural. You would look so weird. It would look weird. That would not look it good. Suit me. It would not suit you if you were all like fucking buff ass. Yeah, no. Like, yeah, no, it would look weird. <laughs> I don't, I can't even carry that frame properly. No. I don't, my posture, my... And my, I actually I don't walk. feel like it would suit your features. No. No. <laughs> I feel like you would actually get like a fat head. Like, I a, No, I think I would, no, I'd get the opposite. Get no, I don't mean, no, salad. but I mean, if you got bulky though, like I feel like your head would get... Yeah, I don't want those. You lose your neck. Things. Yeah, that's what it is. No, but I don't mean your head, your face, really. I mean your neck. I feel like your neck would come in strong. Yeah. I mean, I don't think eight weeks is enough time or ten weeks to get in that kind of shape no. anyway. And I not think- without some uh, <laughs> juice. Wink, wink. You're juicing, right? Uh, and that's and my six meal of the day six meal is, is steroids. steroids on blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> One egg yolk mixed with human growth hormone. <laughs> You're gonna take out the H. You're gonna skip out the HGH and just have the steroids. Just gonna have the GH. You gotta get that first H out. Uh, yeah. So it's lifting weights, and I, I, so that's a new kind of discipline for me because I've sort of lifted weights in the past, but not like weight trained, which is a whole, it's fucking horrendous. <laughs> like I've got to tell you, I'm so sore, like all my entire body, because it's really, what she wants to do is I lift very heavy weights in the first four weeks uh-huh. and eat a lot of food. And that sort of builds up the muscle and stuff and builds up the strength as well. And then you cut down, you do lower weights, higher reps and more cardio to burn through the excess fat. So you get that kind of toned look. And then uh, last few days, you know what you do? What? Diuretics, like warning. Oh really? Yep. Got to get on the mum's pills. Get a the get but all. Did the, he do get that rid of va- all your water? He did that for vanity. Well, allegedly. Oh really? Yeah, oh. that was the excuse. What? I mean, I think. I mean, the reason he got suspended was because that diuretics are also used to mask performance enhancing drugs. Oh. But you know. Really. Let's believe what he said. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, you know. I, would, I mean, I'm not, I would say, believe, I'm not saying. You know, what's a good. It's a lie. It's a good one because it's it's conceivable. Right. Of it's all like, the cricketers, you'd be yeah. like, oh yeah, he would. I mean, and here's the thing. I, I I'm not sure it's not true. Yeah. I'm just saying that that's. I mean, the reason he got banned, like mm. under the code, is because diuretics are often used to mask performance enhancing right, drugs. Right, right. Now. Uh, there is no, I don't know for sure. That's why he was doing it. He yeah. may have been doing it for the reason he said, which was from vanity, vanity and he got it from his mum. It's funny. I met a girl last week who is dating a cricketer. I, I don't know cricket that well, so I don't know who it was. But she was saying, like, uh, it used to be, like, her boyfriend was telling her that, you know, I mean, you know, Booney used to be, like, a professional athlete. Right. But now all the cricketers are very, since sort of the Michael And by Park. the way, for our international listeners, do yourself a favour. <laughs> Google Booney. And Google Booney. Yeah. Boone. David Boone. David Boone. I saw him in the Qantas Lounge just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Booney. Well, still looking pretty good, actually. Does he? It was 10 o'clock in the morning, and the I was handlebar? like, I wonder if he would, like, have a beer with me. Does he still have the handlebar? Yeah, still got the handlebar. I mean, describe him for the, the listeners. About five foot five. Yeah. <laughs> Handlebar mustache. Handlebar mustache. Kind of looks like Bill Oddie. Like if, well, <laughs> if a biker, like if a bikey, if a guy from Sons of Anarchy had sex with Bill Oddie from the Goodies, <laughs> and they had like a baby, it would look like David Boone. Yeah, and he was an awesome cricketer. Great cricketer, opening yeah. batsman, right? And uh, held a record for drinking fifty-two cans on a flight from Australia to England. I can't even conceive of that. Fifty-two cans. So that's a twenty-four hour. Flight. I mean, I just love so that's there was two cans an hour. I just love that there was a day where you were getting surfed still. 
Like, what a different era we live in. Do you know what I mean? You know what? I Fuck think- you, terrorists of 9 11. There was, uh, uh, when the, um, that Andrew Lovett uh, uh, rape trial was happening in Melbourne with uh-huh. St Kilda Footy Club, yep. they brought in all these players to testify. And the players had been at a bar drinking uh, before the incident occurred. And so they all had to sort of give testimony about, you know, what happened. And Adam Schneider gave testimony. And he's just sort of saying, you know, his memory of the night. And he said this one thing that sort of just went unmentioned in the rest of the article, but he's like, yeah, I thought I'd had between, um, they said, how many drinks did you get? Oh, you know, just probably between 30 and 40 beers. <laughs> so I was like, holy shit, 30 to 40 beers. I'm just like, if the next thing isn't stop type, walk out of room, you're an unreliable witness. <laughs> 30 to 40 beers. Yeah. Crazy, right? But I mean, and that's like the boonie 50. I mean, I guess... When I was in high school. I mean, school, apparently they had to be the must almost have carried guy. off the fucking plane. You, you would have known those guys at high school. Yeah, who were big drinkers. They could yeah. drink a slap. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, still can't. I drink probably five beers a day, every day, and probably have done, like, for the last, well, a long time. Really? Like, oh, yeah, I drink a lot. Wow. Yeah, I quite like to I drink. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I'm drinking more, though. I am drinking more than I used to. Like, you know that point where you're like, oh, Oh, I just don't stop now because there's never any reason to. Yeah, but like there is a, there is a point where you're like, oh god. So do you I'm not do? The, but do I don't drink like any more than that. Is the point of that? Like, yeah, I know that Your Honor. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. Like I'm, I'm kind of like a five or six beers, and that's like great. But that's I'm, not. I'm not one of those people. When, who when wants you to say go every out. day, like, do you, there must be days off or days where you don't? I mean, I haven't had a day busy. off in like a long time. But uh, well. I mean, I would or have. Or days a, where you have one or two. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. so you're averaging five. So there may no, be, I don't think I'm averaging five. I think I'm probably averaging up. like three or four. Okay. But yeah, I would yeah. say that, like, often I would have like five beers in a day. Yeah. And sometimes I'll have one or two. I love beer. <laughs> yeah, it's great. How <laughs> <laughs> good's beer? Um, well, so, the story about Adam Schneider, though, oh, yeah. is that one of the things I had to teach him when he got to St Kilda is someone had to uh, uh, taught him about bourbon because he couldn't make the skin folds because he loved beer so much. So then they put him onto bourbon. Yeah, well, that's the problem. That's why you got to get on the recreational drugs. Yeah, like exactly. Um, uh, d- cricket, you mentioned cricket. Oh, yeah. So she was saying that, um, yeah, in the, from the Michael Clark era onwards, all these players, not only, you know, did their training get more serious, but they all got that kind of want to have that, you know, that, that body, that kind of cool athletic body that everyone has now. But there is some debate about the functionality of, doing that kind of weight training as a professional athlete. Like, you know, well, as a professional cricketer, I imagine. Yeah. Because like, you don't need those muscles. Right. For some, for like bowling. Like you don't want to be too top heavy. So <clears throat> my complaint about Man of Steel amongst my many complaints is I thought Henry Cavill got into the wrong kind of shape to play Superman. He looked like a bear. Like he was so massive in that film. I know they were trying to create the idea that he's this kind of uber male or something like that, but it just looked he looked like he couldn't cross his arms. You know what I mean? Like how the fuck is he going to stop crime or bad guys when he looks like he is so slow to move? It was, it was like a bodybuilder's frame, not like well, an athlete. And it doesn't really even make sense. Right. Because look at everybody else on Krypton. Like not if everybody yeah. else looked like that, it makes sense. Sure. That makes sense, mm. but it doesn't really make sense. Cause like the thing about Superman is he's got super strength. But it's not like he's really, really muscly and he's worked out so much he can now yeah. have this super strength. Yeah. He's just super strong. He's powered by the sun. He's powered by the sun. Yeah. So it is actually better if he just looks in normal shape, yeah. but then can do super shit. Yeah. As opposed to a guy who be like, well, you know what? Even in the real world, that guy would still be pretty handy to have around. And, but also like, <laughs> I mean, if he's, he, 
Clark Kent wants to be a journalist, <clears throat> right? So what journalist has that much time to put in the gym? And if he's Superman, how is he working out to get those? It there's makes nothing, no sense. There's nothing like be heavy enough for him to build pecs like there that. There is not enough egg yolks. <laughs> In the fucking world to get him into that sort of shape because he's burning off those that energy constantly, right? Yeah. But also, here's the like he'd be if he could grow in that way, he'd be fucking like the Hulk. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because he's Superman. Yeah, yeah. So he should just be in like normal shape, but with super strength. Exactly. Oh my right. god, I could couldn't believe that I found another way to hate that movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's the word. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, it just made, like, it made no sense. But also if he's undercover, like to the point where they don't want to reveal his identity to the point where he's willing to watch his fucking father die rather than reveal it. But he's going to be the buffest looking guy in every room he ever walks into. Ridiculous. Like the, the, the worst disguise in the world. Um, yeah, that film's fucking sick. Hey, uh, you know who I don't remember from yesterday? The hottest man in the world. <laughs> With the who biggest just walked chest. In. I, no, he was wearing glasses, so I didn't notice he was the hottest man in the world. Yeah, it's uh, that. Uh, there is a couple of films where I think, oh, actually, most films now. I watched Die Hard. Did we talk about this already? I watched Die Hard a, a couple months ago. Have you seen what they're doing for the... Oh, yeah, the fucking prequel. They're doing a prequel oh for Die Hard. God. Uh, but when you watch it, it is honestly like they have just gone. Uh, you know what little affection you still have for this? We are going to dig up the corpse and we are going to fuck that. Well, corpse I read in the front of I you. read the article and the article was saying, despite the lukewarm reception for the last film, um, like Len Wiseman, Fox, and Bruce Willis, who's a producer on it, seemed determined to put one out as if it was like a threat. <laughs> right? It's like we're saying as an audience, no more. No more. We can't take any more, please. And they're like, well, no, we are, we are going to do it. And you are going to watch it. And you are going to buy our shit. Well, it's more like we're saying, hey, look, we came and saw a lot of these based on the fact that we like two and a half of the other ones. Yeah. Please, if, if you're going to make another one, make something really good and we'll come. Or just don't bother. But have you heard of what the, the premise is? That's so, it's, a, it's a prequel set in yeah. the late 70s. Uh, that he's going to be bookended by Bruce Willis. So he's not even going to fucking be in it. Right. Well, because he can't play himself in that era. No. Well, he can get Joseph Gordon-Levitt to do it. Right. <laughs> I'd actually be curious to I would that. like that. <laughs> but yeah, no, but they're going to get some other Jai Courtney type no. to be young Bruce Willis. Because no. who can be young Bruce Willis? I mean, that's just such a stupid idea idea that you think anyone on the planet... Like, I mean, even in uh, whatever... Okay, but what if they read... Are you saying... You're saying John McClane is a character who is so intrinsically tied to Bruce Willis. So intrinsically. More so than Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford? Yes. You said that character is more iconic than the actor who plays it. uh, So Indiana, you could put anyone in that hat and whip. I think you can make an equal argument. Here we go. I, I think you can make an equal argument. Equal argument that when you think of Harrison Ford, you think of Han Solo as you do of Indiana Jones. But when you think of fucking Bruce Willis, at Bruce Willis, like you Bruce Willis is John McClane. Yeah. That's you know what I mean. Like that's and he's had other memorable roles. Oh, he's been in a bunch of other memorable and probably better films. But yeah. uh, doubtful. <laughs> Not the first one. The first one is almost perfect. The, the Sixth Sense? It's a good film, but I'd say, like, Die Hard is... I mean, when it comes to... I mean, I, iconic, I, look, like I, I Masters of their genre. Hudson Hawk. Still, <laughs> still a good Striking film. Striking distance. I will still stand Mercury by Hudson Rising. Hawk. Mercury Rising. Hostage. <laughs> 
The Jackal. He's made so many good films. Cop out. I, uh, I'm surrogates. <laughs> Shit. Well, maybe we're pumping Bruce. Maybe Bruce Willis actually sucks. And we Mate. just love that one film so uh, much. Well, this given. is my point. We love that film so much. Can't show business just get together and have like an intervention? Yeah. Or can't... Yeah, yeah the president of, uh, president of show business. Right. <laughs> Bruce, we're going to talk, mate. Isn't this one of those moments where the industry... Like, has to fucking protect the audience. No, but I don't even mean that. I mean, couldn't you get like a super team of people who... If you went around now and said, hey... Who, who loves Die Hard or who was like influenced by Die Hard? Who has an affection to that movie? Of the best actors, the best screenwriters, the best directors in the world. And just go, hey guys, you've seen the last few, right? Let's just toss some ideas around. Let's yeah. put something together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that though, uh, Len Wiseman, I think is just thinking his lucky stars. He has a franchise he's attached to considering he's never made a good film in his entire career. But Bruce would just be like, I need to buy another island. But I mean, ima- he's got a lot of kids to support. But also imagine how many islands you could buy with a fucking good diehard. But he movie. wouldn't have a stake in it, I don't think, would he? Like if he, I mean, he would have to give up the rights in some regard, wouldn't he? Well, to bring in other people because he's going to split, split the profits. You know what? Let's just do it for Bruce. Let's just do it for Die Hard. You know what? Let's just do it for... Why don't we submit a script? Our idea. Uh, What would be a good Die Hard movie? Let's fucking riff one now. Die Hard and Elevator. I bet it'll be better than the fucking prequel. Because we all agree the prequel's a terrible idea. Let's go back to what makes Die Hard work. Ordinary man. Ordinary man. Circumstances. A guy who can get hurt. Um, A guy who doesn't lose his sense of humour despite the kind of, you know, the the odds he's facing. Um, Tough but sensitive. Voice of the Flawed. ordinary bloke. Flawed. Flawed. Yeah. Trying to save his marriage. Um, what else? That's pretty much it. That's so that's it. John McClane. Yeah, that's all you need. So how do you how do you dust? All right, so are we... And re- he's going to have that... Are we rebooting it or and are we the, using the thing old I, Bruce? The thing I like about John McClane, particularly in the original one, is there is a touch of that Kevin Smith, you know, uh, clerk's... I didn't even like you know I'm not I'm even not meant to be here today. Yeah, like exactly, there's that real element of like yeah. I would rather be doing Can anything but this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, lady, does sound like I'm ordering a pizza. <laughs> All yeah. right, so he can't get his head. Or, he's fish out of water too. He's oh yeah, definitely fish out of water. So how do we do that now? Like last one was when Get they blew up fucking, fucking you know, they blew up Moscow and they introduced uh-huh. his son. I actually, and all that I, sort of I, shit, the last right? two I've confused because they're just so bad. Like the live free and die hard to die another day, we'll call it. Live free to die hard another day. Is it, hang, what's it called? The uh, live free and die hard and what's the last one called? Uh, live no, hang on. Live free, die hard. Live free and die hard. Shit, hang on. Let's go through it. Die hard. Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Die Hard 3, Die with a, die Hard, with, die a hard with a Vengeance. Die Hard 4, Live Free and Die Hard. And what's Die Hard 5? Oh, I don't die know. Hard, die Hard on. <laughs> How can we not? Die, we should think about that. Die, uh, or I'll maybe be, the last one is Live Free and Die Hard. Yeah, Live Free and Die Hard. So That's what, the last is one. Is it Die Hard 4.0? Um, it was of the oh, there was one, one one that was tech based. Yeah, you're right. I can't fucking believe. See, this is how. But I this is my point. Is. But this is my whole point. Yeah. Is like fucking Die Hard. One of them was Citizens on Patrol, I believe. The last one was Mission to Moscow. No, hang on. <laughs> Live Free Die Hard, and oh fuck, 
the friend die hard and it's a good day to it's a good day to die hard no it's a good day to die hard wasn't that one of them live free and die hard isn't one of them called it's a good day to die hard we have to can we just pause it yeah okay we'll pause it to find out what the answer is are we back we're back aren't we we're back there will be googling music Oh, good. I'll remember to put that in. Maybe. Okay, so take me through the four, uh, five films. Okay, here we go. So this is your Die Hard. Uh, Die Hard series. Okay, Die Hard. Yes. 1988. Die Hard 2. That's just what it's called. It's not called Die Hard. It's not called Die Hard. It's oh. called Die Hard 2. Okay. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes. Uh, live Free and die. or Die Hard. Or Die Hard. Yeah, or Die Hard. Oh, I thought it was Live Free and Die Hard. That, that's the ultimate, right? <laughs> Do I have to... Does that do one or the other? Can't I Live Free and then Die Hard? That was number five. <laughs> live Free and Die Hard. And number six was Live Free and or Die Hard. <laughs> I wish it had been and or. Uh, so Live Free or Die Hard? A good day to Die Hard. A good day to... See, I, when I was in the bathroom on our break... I thought that might be it, but then I'm like, oh, no, you're just mixing up Fury Road because what a lovely day. <laughs> I remember the poster said, yippee ki Mother Russia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I bet you at the marketing meeting, there was fucking high fives all round. Those high fives all round went, I mean, because the worst thing about Live Free or Die Hard <laughs> Was it was the first PG Die Hard film, yeah. And so when it got to that moment where he was had the bad guy on his knees and he said "Yippee Kaye, mother," and there was a gunshot. He doesn't even say right. "motherfucker," and that was like Die Hard has officially jumped the shark. Okay, so um, last one was in Russia. Yeah, but okay. So are we rebooting it or are we keeping Bruce? No, I want Bruce. Okay. I mean, I don't think you can make. Die- this is my whole point about yeah. the prequel. Is I don't think you can make Die Hard without Bruce. Who wants to see it? No. And no. that's what they try to do with Joe Courtney anyway. This yeah. is just another go at Joe Courtney. That if Joe Courtney had been popular enough as Bruce Willis's son, I bet you that would have been when the next thing. Has that ever worked? I mean, like, if, they if brought River in, Phoenix they brought had in died Sheila in Indiana Jones. Well, they brought in Sheila Booth. No yeah, but LaBeouf is no River Phoenix. River Phoenix. Well, you know, I mean LaBeouf is no Phoenix. But I don't know River Phoenix would have been a good fucking Harrison Ford. And they couldn't have they wouldn't have done it with River Phoenix? Who knows what River Phoenix could have I mean, they talk about Chris Pratt, and that seems like a no-brainer to me. Like, he apparently hasn't been offered it, but, you know, people are like, well, that seems like the most obvious. If you had to pick Right, because he played Indiana Jones in Jurassic World. (laughs) (laughs) I can really picture him playing this character, because pretty much Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic World were both him playing Indiana Jones. Guardians was Han Solo. I, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. But basically, you've been playing, and then he's just been walking around with a diamond earring and being stoned and mumbling. Flying <laughs> Fl- airplanes into golf courses. <laughs> you know, actually, it's interesting a uh, thing I read about Chris Pratt, which sort of ties into the whole kind of diet getting fit kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, he can eat no fat, and his wife can eat no lean. What? Wife can eat no fat. Do you not remember that no? rhyme from when you were a kid? Jack Spratt could eat no fat and his wife could eat no lean? No. Do you I, not, is that, is that not a real thing? Have I just made that up? <laughs> you may be the greatest freestyle rapper on the planet. <laughs> Did my parents just have like some Jack, weird... Jack's, no, Jack's fat and... I don't know what. <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was Jack Spratt and he could eat no fat and his wife could eat no lean or... Jack Spratt poem. Here we go. 
Look at this. See, I knew I was now. This, this is the first time ever in Up you have remembered some obscure <laughs> fucking thing, and I have the I'm the one with no idea. Here we go. Uh, Jack Spratt or Jack's, uh, Jack Spratt with one T, which is the one I looked up, but it says in brackets or Jack Spratt two T's. Okay. English language nursery rhyme. Uh, okay, here we go. Jack Spratt could eat no fat. His wife could eat no lean. What does that mean? Well, I guess... She couldn't eat meat, he couldn't eat fat. Well, he, he couldn't eat fat and she couldn't eat... Lean meat. So lean she could meat. eat... Does that mean she could eat fat then? Love the fat. Okay. Yeah, His yeah, wife loved fat. Dirty tramp. Dirty fat. Dirty fat lover. <laughs> Mrs. Spratt. <laughs> That's the fucking sequel we should be making. <laughs> I don't care about fucking Donny, Johnny Spratt. What's his name? Jack. Jack, Jack Spratt. Jack Spratt. <laughs> Jack Spratt could eat no fat. His wife could <laughs> eat no lean. And so between them both, you see, they licked the platter clean. Huh. Is that it? Right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it probably makes more sense in any of the Die Hard sequels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I read this interview with Chris Pratt and he said, when he first came to Hollywood, because everyone talked about his transformation from being the chubby guy from Parks and Rec to being, you know, muscle-bound hunk dude. Yep. And he said, well, when he first came to Hollywood, he was super fit. He got into Guardians of the Galaxy shape. But when he went for auditions, all he would be cast as is the douchebag because he looked and sounded like a douchebag. That's his just natural quality. So he was like, well, I want to do comedy and stuff, but in order to get cast in comedy, I can't look like the dudes who used to bully, you know, the casting agents in high school. So he allowed himself to kind of, you know, get a bit chubbier to do Parks and Rec. But now he's got fit again. Everyone's like, oh my God, it's amazing. You can do this. It's like, well, no, I could always do that. It's just that your perception of me was I'm a douchebag. So I had to show I could do something else to now allow me to do leading man roles. This is interesting though, because basically what you've asked your trainer to do is get you into douchebag shape. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. I need to go on the douchebag program. I started lovable. Now I want to get into douchebag douche shape. Bag. Yeah, can I? <laughs> well, that's actually part of part of the, my motivation for doing this is if I ever had to like get a role or I had to get fit, I want to know that I can actually do it. Because I seriously have doubts about stuff I can do physically. I'm not the most naturally gifted. No, no, no. You know what? Person. I got I got fit once. Like, and it was it's fine. Like, yeah. if you dedicate yourself to it, it's fine. Yeah, you do get fit. <laughs> then you get bored <laughs> being fit because it's a full time job. That's what I see when I see really fit people these days. I just High see like every ab, every like ab I can see is basically one thing I know they've denied themselves mm. and they have to deny themselves again tomorrow. Yeah. I get the idea of like getting fit to the point where you're like, "Oh, now I can blow it out." Yeah. And I imagine that's what you'll be like. You'll get fit for like 12 weeks and then you'll have like a great month over Christmas oh, yeah, and totally. it'll be the best. Exactly. Like I totally get that. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. But this idea that you're like, "Oh, I'm going to do it forever." I mean, it's oh, essentially no like you've locked yourself into a mortgage you can't afford exactly and so you're basically like that thing where you're like I have to work all the fucking time and get all the joy out of my life just so that my house can look great but that look like even my trainer said to me that the look we're going for is not sustainable right it is a look for you know it's a vanity thing like it's not it's not a a a way to live life there's no balance to it well when I got uh, some photos you have to have an end when I got fit and we were taking photos for the thing Mm. one of the things they told you was like I think a couple of days before you drink heaps of water but then on like the last 24 hours you basically don't drink any water you dehydrate and again it's just about looking good in the moment Mm. you do push ups on the day when you get your photos and shit yeah but, but that's not but that's not something that you can maintain all the time unless 
you know, you're the rock and you have like a, you know, your own gym and a team of nutritionists and stuff and you make your money off looking like that all the time. So I think we have touched on this before in previous podcasts, but the idea that there's dudes who have regular jobs, office jobs or whatever, and they still look like that means that they must do nothing else but the job they have and then fucking working out. And like you said, denial, denial, denial. Uh, Okay, here's one. The thing we always loved about Die Hard, right? was that first movie because it's in a building. Like, this is the thing I hated about the latest Die Hard movie was the first, like, hour and a half is this ridiculous chase scene where they destroy all of Moscow without anybody noticing. Mm. And it just, it adds nothing. Like, you're like, we've seen chase scenes. We've seen things being blown up. This is fucking Die Hard. And the original one, like, I mean, I know it's in a building and, like, there's a couple of explosions and shit, but it's not really... It's not a, it's, it's not like an epic kind of destruction movie. No. No. In fact, if anything, the destruction is internal. Right. And that's another thought I had when we had our break is the actual name of the film, Die Hard. That is the key to the film because it's like you don't really think about it, but his character is a diehard. He's right. stubborn. The whole reason his marriage is falling apart is because he wouldn't follow his wife to Los Angeles. And even when he gets there and his thing breaks out, he won't give up. He's a fucking diehard. That is the key to the character of John McClane. <coughs> but- in those latter films, it's not that. It's not that his unwillingness to give up, you know, uh, makes him triumph over evil. It's he's a fucking Superman who can, like, you know, jump a fucking cop car into a helicopter. So he doesn't need to be a diehard to beat the the bad guys. He's just a superhero. I mean, so I, the, the, the is there in, any in chance that Bruce appeal? Willis thought Unbreakable was a documentary? <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe he's merged the two franchises. He hasn't separated the two Oh, these characters. aren't diehard sequels. No. These aren't oh, unbreakable sequels. sequels. <laughs> In that case, fantastic. Wow. <laughs> and this has been M. Night Shyamalan's greatest twist of all. The greatest trick M. Night Shyamalan ever <laughs> pulled on mankind was to not let us know that the diehard sequels were actually unbreakable sequels. <laughs> You know what? We don't need to write the new Die Hard that's film. His, that's his boyhood. Yeah, exactly. He's been working on this project for 15 years. It's an elaborate piece of work. That's funny. That makes sense. That makes sense. And if you told me that, I'd be like, because oh. the whole point of Unbreakable is it's the origin story of, an, uh, of a superhero. And so the other two films make sense. I wonder if Bruce is aware. Maybe he is aware of that. Um, I think you have to go back to the building. I think the next Die Hard film goes back to a building. Okay, here's how Like, it's a return to the original building because the building's great. You do it in the same way that Jurassic World sort of clumsily did it and 21 Jump Street did it quite well, which is you comment on the fact that Bruce is going back to Nakatomi Plaza. Like, he's going back to the scene where he became legend. Right. But things have changed. The things that he did in 87 or 88, whenever the film came out, it's different now. Right. Now that he's like a guy who's almost 60 years old. But you still give him those same qualities of being a diehard. Right. Well, maybe I mean, because he's stubbornly refusing to get well, a pension card. Well, no, maybe he's back there for like, you know, some ceremony. His daughter's some, getting married. They have, no, I think they're having oh. some sort of commemoration of, of the like, terrorist attack of right. whenever, October 18th. Right. When it was. 1018. So, so what what did we say the first meal 1988? Is that what we said? Oh, yeah, 8788. 8788. So like so it's yeah, so it's yeah, okay, 30 year anniversary. Yeah. Like so we're coming up to the 30 year anniversary. So Nakatomi Plaza happened. are having their like, you know, uh, and they've invited John McClane, the hero of Nakatomi, right. the Nakatomi siege. But the thing is they've got this new high-tech security system. So the people who are running this new system are like all like 
you know, but of course this would never happen these yeah, days yeah, yeah. because, you we, know, we have this like, you know, we're the crack security team and you're old school wise. They're all very modern in their ways. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and you, and you flip the, because so, Nakatomi Plaza was in that height of that kind of Japanese paranoia, you know, like right. that sort of high tech espionage, you know, Japanese paranoia. And so you flip that and say, well, no, Japan are like uh, our friends. You've got to find, so everything that he goes in with his preconceived biases against the Japanese or Nakatomi Plaza or Europeans, that's what it's got to be. It's because they're Euro trash villains. So maybe a German company bought out Nakatomi Plaza. Right. And uh, they're all like got the long hair like that one henchman. <laughs> Or something like that. You know what I mean? But they're actually... Because Germany has shifted to becoming like one of the most progressive countries right, absolutely. on the planet. So uh, it's, it's actually... Letting it's more a, refugees come in than any other country. Renewable energy. Yeah, exactly. yeah the, the company that bought, a, bought Nakatomi Plaza are, are in renewable energy. It's one of those open plan offices where people what? ride scooters around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And so Bruce is a fish out of water again. Because right. he's a fucking dinosaur, right? Uh, so then do you... Because this is this new model of German efficiency and technology and like, you know, the open world. Yeah. So are there terrorists? Has to be. Well, I mean, here's the thing, but we live in a world of terrorism now, so it's got to be more clever than just like... It's like a group of bad guys. It's right. got to be something. So what is... I mean, the thing about the original diehard terrorists were yeah. that they weren't... They were smart and sophisticated. They had a, a, a they had a plan that was not politically motivated. They just were thieves. They were just highly skilled, ruthless thieves. So it's kind of got to be something like that. But also the other thing about the Die Hard films at their best, and I would say Die Hard with the Vengeance falls mm-hmm. in this category as well. Is and uh, you know, and actually even in the second one, is all the um, criminals, all the like you know uh, plans of like the you know the terrorists or the people who've got the plots going on. They're all kind of, if you were showing Ocean's Eleven from the other side, yeah. they all have quite great intricate plans. Yeah. So that whoever they are, these terrorists or the people who take over or whatever, they've got to have some like intricate scheme because mm. that's always good that he foils some sort of level yeah, of all yeah, these. Yeah. But I'm just wondering if so the goal, if the goal of the original terrorists was like, you know, just the money, yeah. is that still the motivation for these terrorists or is there something more valuable these days? This, these days, like, is it sort of like Intel? Like, you know, um, well, like, are they you hackers? Know, you mean like, oh, no, they've uh, sort of done that and I have four. Yeah, no, but, but less hackers are more like, you know, this is the age of like, uh, data mining or open information, like WikiLeaks and all those sort of things. Maybe. Okay. Oh, so maybe maybe this, uh, rather than being like a, a renewable energy building, maybe there's some kind of confidential information in there. I mean, renewable energy, like, I mean, because obviously if, you, if you're doing renewable energy, you've got all the major oil corporations and big energy corporations yes. that could be... Oh, that, that's, oh, that's perfect. Mean? That's the bad guys. Right. It's a team of mercenaries. Which is team. also very of now. Yes. That big energy is the yeah. evil. Yeah, team of mercenaries. So, so we can actually make some social commentary yeah. here. So a team okay. of mercenaries have been brought together by... Uh, big oil and, yeah. and, and coal. <laughs> yeah, big coal to take out to take out this. Uh, it's like it's like Tesla. Yeah, you know, they've they've produced a renewable energy battery that'll be affordable, installed in every home. So, uh, uh, yeah, the fossil fuels are trying to take it down. So then, what happens? <laughs> but also, Bruce Willis, perfect for um, Bruce Willis in this situation, is the idea that like you know he's still like renewable energy is not his jam. Yeah, that's right. He finds a meal, but he, he he's eating a burger. Eating a burger. Yeah. He goes to, like, no, he goes to the cafeteria using spray-on deodorant. He goes to the cafeteria, 
And he can't recognise any of the foods because oh, there's yeah. no fries. It's like green beans and right. you know, it's like tofu burgers and stuff like that. It's oh, like, yeah. He drives his old uh, petrol-powered yeah, car yeah, 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 yeah. up to the I- place where everyone's got their cars that plug in. Yeah, yeah. And he, exactly. like, goes into a place and he can't yeah. plug it in. Yeah, yeah perfect. All right, so I think, is- I think we've established the first yeah. 15 minutes of the film. <laughs> <laughs> we get what it is. But uh, what happens? I mean, I, so do we just follow the same kind of beats of the first film then? Why not? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're here to see. Right. Isn't that what you want to see? If yeah. They, if like, they did a good twist on the first one. Okay, so I think we just... I, I'm happy to do that and say that's the film. But what is the emotional uh, conflict of John McClane? Because it can't just be enough he's in town for this memorial of, you know, the next time <coughs> siege. His daughter's got to be getting married or um, uh, his wife's got to be... Holly is... Well, that's... Be. I mean, but what better opportunity for a reunion of some kind with his wife... Than the anniversary oh, of she's awkwardly brought back and right. uh, yeah yeah that's perfect right that's perfect and do we um, bring in uh, Mary Stewart must know what's her name uh, his daughter you know she was in Scott Pilgrim she's three barrel name uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead okay sure do you know what I'm talking about yeah but yeah. I but I don't know what it okay she's his daughter in Die Hard Four okay so and Jai Courtney do we have to bring Jai Courtney back I mean we don't have to Jai Courtney's off fighting crime somewhere. <laughs> uh, no, there's a scene where he's on, they Skype. He's like, yeah, oh, hey, good. Dad, yeah. sorry I couldn't be there to see you. Have a great mission. I definitely won't, you definitely won't be there. Right. You won't be seeing me again. But maybe it's one of those things where if it's an anniversary, maybe you can even introduce some old characters because they could have some people back, right? Uh, Is there any chance you could have like... Uh, for example, could the newsreader guy yes. from the first two Walter films Peck from Ghostbusters be covering like the 30th year, yes. for example? Yeah, and, and you bring Re- Reginald Van Hudson, Family Matters guy, who was the is. the cop, the cop, yeah. and you could get the uh, yeah, limo wow. driver. What about the limo driver? Yeah, yeah definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, limo drivers there. They're all there, of course. Everyone who's involved in the original scene. You yep. get the FBI agents. In fact, maybe he could get no, he could get picked up in a limo. Yes. <laughs> driven by the son of the guy. Because yeah. it's like a family business there. 100%. Yeah. yeah definitely. Because uh, this is the great thing about a anniversary is you've got this excuse to kind of touch on all these characters. So, Holly and him are fighting <laughs> over something. Like, maybe they haven't finalised their divorce yet, or are they... No, I reckon she's with someone new. Ah, yes. And that's a great way to bring in, like, a good kind of comedic actor. Right. Or someone who can play douchebag quite well. Or not even douchebag, likeable, but still not right for Holly. Yeah, absolutely. Let's yeah. cast that. Got to be kind of Bruce Willis age, like... Uh, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> no? It's like, because uh, he, he could easily be evil and in on the No, no, but I think Kevin Spacey playing kind of like annoying, like he's a, he's a, he's a kind of uh, a professor of some bullshit course at a university or whatever. And he's sensitive in all the ways that John McClane isn't, you know, and he likes to discuss things. And, you know, he's, he's, uh, he has quick questions about the Nakatomi seeds, like was force required? What happened? What would have happened if John had allowed the FBI to negotiate and, you know, uh, uh, it could have been resolved peacefully without all this loss of life. That's, you make him that kind of character. I think he's too big a star. Okay. Well, are, you, are we going to have a name actor? Or are you just saying an unknown? Oh, yeah. I think you need a name actor. But Kevin Spacey, to me, is like, he's, he's as big a star as Bruce Willis now. Well, who's a good kind of, like, antagonist character, character actor uh, of that age? He's like, can be like a shit stirrer. 
Greg Kinnear. Yeah. Is he too young? I mean, Greg Kinnear's got to be, like, age-appropriate for that right now. He's got to be, like, in his 50s. I guess. Well, if he's a younger guy. Right. He's slightly younger. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holly's having a midlife crisis. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We make it Channing Tatum. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. And so... Yeah. But Holly doesn't see that. Like, Holly just sees a perfect guy, but when... Well, that's what Kinnear can play. Kinnear can play a guy that actually is, like... You know, you're like... No, I don't think he should be smarmy. I think he should have legitimate... Concerns. He yep. should just have the opposing view of John McClane, which is like, you know what? Diplomacy and negotiation. But he's also, yeah, he's everything that McClane's not. Exactly. His whole life is about, no, no, no. The best Analysis. way to resolve situations yeah. is to talk them through. And Holly thinks that's what she wants. Well, but it course. turns out... Because after her because, husband's been involved in like four gigantic terrorist right. attacks, she would be looking for a man who's kind of just the complete opposite of that. Yeah. But through this story, she's going to learn that that's not what she really no, wants. What she really wants what is she having really John McClane. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. So through the story... And then you know what you do? If we're following the beats of the film, so you know how in the original film, there's that uh, slimy guy's like, Hans, booby, I'm your white knight. You know that guy, yep. that sleazy, the coke-addicted yep. beer guy? Yes. Um, anyway, I, I know so, you but you have Greg Kinnear play that role. So at some stage when... Halfway through the film, when you know things are at sort of breaking point, he says, "I'm going to go talk to these mercenaries." And so he goes in and he offers to give up John or some info on that will help them locate John right. in exchange for peace. Because in his mind, well, one man losing one man and them getting you know what they want is better than potential loss of life. Absolutely, and that's a good motivation. Yeah, that's you good. could it may, may be misguided, but it's you know I think that rings true. But that. Uh, but that leads to, you know, he gets, obviously they they uh, uh, double cross him and stuff and then Bruce has to win. <laughs> right. And then the rest is pretty much like the first one. Yeah, that's it. So Len Wiseman, 20th century. <laughs> Bruce Willis, you're fucking welcome. Yeah. We just fucking came up with a, a, a one page pitch of how to do Die Hard. What, what do you call it? <gasps> what? They're German, right? Uh, the company, yeah. 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 Die, Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>